Hi, my name is Kim Wilkins, and I'm a graduate student at the School of Education at the University of Virginia. I'm studying curriculum and instruction with a focus on innovation and computer science education. This series of podcast episodes is all about bringing computer science education research into the K-8 classroom. Okay, well, back uh, for another uh, season two podcast episode, and this time I have two researchers with me, which I'm really excited about, um, Wei Yan and Faya Lua. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting us. And we met, Wei, I think we might have met at 6ESC, is that right? Online? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we met online and yeah, so that we was... met in person. That's right. So that was a, a, oh, a little over a year ago. And then we met a few months ago at AERA. And that was a wonderful conference. That's the first time I'd been there. It was really big, but it was so nice to find these niches, especially of computer science educators doing such awesome stuff like yourselves. So why don't we dive right into it? And can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Faye, do you want to start? Sure. So uh, my name is Faye Alua, and I'm currently an assistant professor at the University of Alabama. Uh, I'm in the program of instructional technology. So I graduated with a PhD from the University of Florida with a specialization in computer science education from the educational technology program in the College of Education. Well, that's exciting to hear that they have one. <laughs> and Wei, how about yourself? Uh, my name is Wei Yan, so I'm currently as a PhD candidate at the University of Florida, and uh, I'm studying educational technology. Dr. Maya Israel is my supervisor, so we work together for city integration into elementary education. Great, that's awesome. And I was, you know, excited, of course, just to be able to speak with you. And you've you both done quite a bit of research in uh, computer science education, especially in the K-8 space, which is very exciting. Uh, but you've also done a lot of collaborating. So that's why I was excited to have two researchers on to talk about how that collaboration works, uh, because these papers that researchers write are very often not one person. It's a team of people. And so um, just maybe we can get into a little bit about how, how that happens as we're talking about both of these pieces of research. There's two things I want to talk about. One is actually a poster session. So maybe we can talk a little bit about what that means, how that's different than a paper. And this one is called Exploring Elementary Students Debugging Behaviors in Puzzle-Based Programming, a Learning Trajectory Approach. So Wei, you were the first author on that. Can you tell us a little bit about this poster, what does a poster session mean and what was the impetus behind the study? Sure, uh, this is small study to explore elementary student debugging behaviors. So we have our four students and uh, we try to understand how they do, how they debug during programming. So this is a poster when uh, we made like one years ago, one year ago, but I'm currently transferring to a paper, to a manuscript. It talks about the basic qualitative uh, analysis and uh, some initial findings like students' debugging strategy and uh, some challenges they made. And we also present how we understand their debugging behaviors from a learning tra trajectory perspective. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Can you unpack a little bit about how you observed these students and you know how you decided 
what was debugging, what was, you know, how, how did you figure out when they were debugging and the different categories that you assigned to debugging? That's a great question. So when I look at their uh, behaviors, it's a very like, not a very uh, clean line between problem solving and debugging. So this is specific for this platform is a puzzle-based um, program platforms. So the goal for each student to finish the puzzle, but how do we define debugging? For one student meet a problem after they write their codes, but the codes didn't meet their expectation, they start to debug. Instead of to solve the puzzle, they're doing the debugging process. They are two different things. And what were the general debugging strategies that these students employed? So uh, we found four strategies. So the first one is trial and error. So students will randomly test the course they have right. So the second one is step-by-step. Step. Uh, when they found the bug, but they don't know where the location of the location of the bag. So they kind of search the code step by step. Use different like use different functions, maybe provide by the platform, maybe by their like self-talking. For example, they say, oh this this one move forward and next one move left. And they talk themselves to trace the code step by step. And the third one we found is about students. They use the specific function from the platform. So it's very uh, interesting to say how they use this form. Uh, we saw they had they use hints, click the instruction, and try to explore the help tools provided by the platform. And the first one uh, we found the students will seek help. So if none of the strategies is useful, they will seek for help for, from the teachers of years. Like, help me, do you, do you know how, how do I solve it? And uh, that's the first strategy we found. We mainly found from the observation. Yeah, that's the first strategy. Yeah, and just to go back a little bit, you, you mentioned that we talked about this being a poster session, but now you're writing a bigger paper from that. And I think that poster sessions are often, it feels like to me in the research community, a way to kind of A, share what you're doing, but also kind of get some feedback in, you know, is this the right direction? What do you see that you want to, you know, expand it? Faye, how do you, what do you feel like is the purpose of poster sessions? So I absolutely agree with what you just said uh, in terms of the purpose of submitting um, a study first as a poster and then getting around a feedback by going to those presentations, presenting the initial research findings to researchers and receiving feedback and comments, and then going back to the study and see, identify areas where we can address by writing a complete paper or a manuscript. So that was kind of how I see posters uh, versus writing manuscripts. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's just a different world, isn't it? <laughs> Being in this yeah. research world. Um, so I, I like to unpack that sometimes about what's going on. Wei, what was your sort of big takeaway from presenting this poster and, and how to inform the work you're doing now? So um, the main takeaway 
I think we need to teach debugging strategy to students. So sometimes they are very struggle, but they don't know like what strategy they can use to debug. If the teacher teach them in the classroom, they have options or choice for the program process. It may reduce their frustration. I think I think that's a great takeaway for、um, educators, especially in the elementary. Set, well, in all settings, really, but because we're pushing computer science down into this elementary setting,、uh, there's a lot of strategies that we need to get across. And I feel like debugging strategies, like they're not that complex, right? They're just you just need to know about them. And I think we sort of do them naturally, but making them more visible to our students, I think, is is great. And by the way, they were both involved in the poster session and both involved in this next paper. And since this is a paper that we're going to talk about, maybe you can also talk about what your roles were in these endeavors. So the next thing we're talking about is elementary students' understanding of variables in computational thinking integrated instruction, a mixed method study. And I've highlighted so much in this study, and I think it's just so important because one of the things you talk about is. We have these standards now in lots of different states. Virginia, you know, has standards, computer science standards now, and I kind of feel like, who decided? How did we know that you know these are the right stages to teach different things? And so I'm so glad that you looked into this. But I'm wondering, Faya, what was the impetus for this particular study? Yeah, so you are absolutely right in terms of you know, but first by looking at the、uh, standards. So that was one of the Uh, rationales for this study. If we look at the different standards, the、uh, computer science education standards available in different states and, like, at a national level, they're not necessarily consistent with each other. So, like, the CSTA has a set of、uh, standards for computer science education at the elementary level. The Alabama Course of Study has a different set of standards, and they're not necessarily aligned. So that was one of the、uh, rationale, as I said, to to do this grant project, which is led by、uh, my PhD advisor, which is also Waze PhD advisor, Dr. Maya Israel, and it's called LTech Two Learning Trajectory for Everyday Computing. And so the purpose of this grant project, and this was also the context for、um, both of the studies, was to understand or dive a little、uh, deeper into. Understanding how elementary students learn computational thinking or computer science concepts at these grade levels during integrated instruction. So when they receive integrated instruction, like、uh, when we in, in this case integrating computational thinking into elementary math, how do students learn? What can they learn? And how do we assess their understanding? So that was kind of the context of these studies. One of the things I saw that you were looking at the research, like there wasn't really much research, especially at the elementary level, but there was some research in secondary level about variables. And so that I, when I read that, I'm like, why are we doing this in elementary? But can you talk about the research that's out there? Absolutely. So going back to you know looking at the stand, different standards for elementary school、uh, students in terms of computer science education. So like you mentioned, we have all these standards. But there's not enough empirical studies or evidence behind these standards in terms of what students can learn and whether we should teach complex concepts such as variables to elementary students, right? So we see 
some research done in teaching variables to secondary, middle, high school students, but not a lot. And you're absolutely right. Not a lot in terms of teaching variables to elementary students. So what we did was we used the learning trajectories developed by Katie Adol, Katie Rich et al. And so these are the learning trajectories that were synthesized from prior literature. And the learning trajectories consist of learning goals, the learning progressions, and the suggested instructional activities that go along with the learning goals. So these are hypothesized or theorized learning trajectories. And again, there are not enough empirical evidence to that exists that can be used to validate these learning goals and learning progressions. So using that as kind of a theoretical framework, we started from the learning goals in the learning trajectory. And in the grant project, quite a bit of focus was to develop instruction, integrated instruction around those learning trajectories. And so each lesson was carefully designed to integrate a specific or a set of specific learning goals in terms of computational thinking concepts and math content. And um, they're carefully integrated together. And the instruction consists of a series of lessons that were taught to a couple classes um, of students. And so we had these two classes of students go through the integrated instruction. And we also had other, the learning trajectory-based assessments designed that we used to assess their understanding along the way. So the assessments consist of three uh, different assessments, uh, individual assessments, the early, the mid, and the late assessments. So these were um, administered intermittently throughout the semester when the students received uh, the instruction. And so we had students go through the integrated instruction. We um, used the assessments to gauge their learning and we tried to look at the assessment data, uh, the results. And then we did, on top of the assessment results, we used cognitive interviews where we interviewed students using a think aloud protocol where we asked them what they were thinking as they were solving specific assessment items. And we looked at both the quantitative results as well as the interview results and tried to understand how students can demonstrate or articulate their understanding of variables. And that was kind of how this study was structured. Wei, what was your role in this study? So uh, I helped Bea to do to analyze the interview, and we also uh, score the city assessment together. So we talked and a discussion together to present this paper. Yeah. So one of the parts of research that I haven't had the chance to talk about in these podcasts yet is how you get to these results, and it's not just like I said, it's not usually just one researcher going through results and making a claim, it's usually multiple researchers, you meet, you talk about it, you, you know, come to agreement, you go back out and look at the data. It's not, it's not just a one going through the data one time, one person and figuring it out, right? If I may add to, you know, the, uh, the, the roles of my co-authors played in the writing of this paper. So the data uh, for this study was collected 
along with the data collected for my dissertation study. So I led the data collection uh, with the help of a couple researchers from a different state who also worked on um, Dr. Maya Israel's grant projects. And then I, after collecting the data, so I looked at the, the data pertaining to sequences, conditionals, and repetition for the purpose of my dissertation. And for variables, this was, we looked at the variables separately separately in this paper. And so the roles of my co-authors, Wei and another colleague, and of course, Dr. Maya Israel, was that two of them helped me analyze the data. And this involves um, iterator reliability by looking at student responses collaboratively, you know, uh, going back and forth, uh, doing the, the constant comparison analysis which looked at, so we, uh, we looked at one student responses and then comparing it to the other students' responses. And then, you know, it, it's, it's more complex and <laughs> than, than that. But yes, you're right. It usually with qualitative studies and um, analyzing verbal or interview data, it involves several researchers looking at the data, reaching agreements so that we can ensure that the interpretations are valid and um, rigorous. What do you hope that researchers take away from these papers? Well, the paper and the poster. For the poster, when we compare student behavior with the learning trajectories, it, um, we found that students, some students can like combine those strategies very flexible, but some students, know, they cannot do that. So this is direction like for future research to go deep and analyze why some students can use certain strategies, but why some students can use them flexible. So that's the um, takeaway for the research, future research. And for the mixed methods study on variables, what I would like researchers to take away would be to understand that although these um, variables is a complex concept to introduce to elementary students is not an impossible concept to teach. So it involves the breaking down of the complex concepts, just like how we break down complex mathematic concepts to, you know, addition, traction, uh, multiplication, and division, and things like that. So knowing that we will definitely need to carefully design integrated instruction, especially on variables, to reinforce students' understanding of the different sub subconcepts. So how do you initialize a variable? How do you update a variable? What does updating a variable mean in programming? And how do you operate on those variables? How do you take user input? So it's those kind of small things when the bigger concept is broken down. And so knowing that we need to teach the mechanics of variables and really design instruction in a way that it reinforces students' understanding and helps students gain an increasingly advancing understanding of variables is necessary. And also going back to the idea about how do we know when or what to teach um, elementary students. So uh, this is one of the first papers that uh, generated empirical evidence to show that yes, students as young as 
fourth grade can actually start to learn variables. So it's not impossible to learn variables at a young age. It's just about how do we break it down? How do we structure repeated exposure to students so that students can build that knowledge along the way? That's a good point. All is not lost. There are building building blocks. So my next question was going to be, you know, what would be the takeaways for K-8 educators? I'm guessing it's going to be similar, but I'm thinking of the educators who aren't necessarily computer science, don't have that background. In our state, in Virginia, they're supposed to integrate the K-8 standards into their classroom, especially in K-5. So what are things, yeah, I know this is a big question. (laughs) Yeah, A lot of people are working to solve it. What are strategies or things that you can suggest to them? So you're absolutely right in terms of, you know, how big this question is. I would say there's no way that we can look at the teaching of variables separately or in isolations because variables is one part of computational thinking that we're trying to teach young kids. And so in computational thinking encompasses the different concepts such as sequences, conditionals, repetition, et cetera. And so for K-8, especially K-5 educators, I would say based on my experience working with the elementary teachers, I think allowing them the opportunity to start somewhere um, that they feel comfortable with or starting with a concept that they're confident in. For example, many elementary teachers will pick sequence to start with or to start integrating into science or math or language arts. And so that is a good starting point for the teachers as they work with one concept and as they get familiar with this concept and understanding that it's not impossible to integrate and seeing that connection of their everyday life and these different computational thinking concepts they will have a better understanding and feel uh, more confident in trying to integrate a different computational thinking concept. And so um, I guess every teacher starts somewhere. And so starting with one concept and then gradually working towards the more complex concepts and, and knowing that every concept can be broken down. It's not that we're we're trying to have teachers teach cloud computing or machine learning uh, to young kids, but Rather, we're really just teaching the building blocks. And, and also professional development is so important. I can't stress um, that enough. So how we design professional development for teachers so that teachers can get that hands-on experience, can see integration in action, and then trying it out themselves, is, I believe, would be a, a good strategy. That's great, because I think it can be overwhelming But one of the nice things about computer science is it's so new. And even though it's sort of all been thrown over the fence, like here are the standards, go for it. Like nobody expects everybody to be doing them all all at once. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this has been great. Any last words of wisdom either of you would like to share? From my perspective, I would like let them combine teaching concept and the practice together because when they teach those CS concepts and integrate those computational thinking with curriculum, I think debugging is always along with them together. So let them practice and and practice those concepts and develop their debugging skills. 
that that will be a good thing. For sure, yes. You're never going to get away from debugging skills in computer science. <laughs> exactly. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you.